to be honest, nothing had prepared me for that type of pain. It was, it was incredibly um, difficult. Because you know, I knew I had fibroids and the thought that it could possibly cause problems in my pregnancy was a, was a reality. Filming um, is very different to day-to-day clinical life as a doctor, as you can imagine. Once I was in there with all the lights and the cameras, I was like, oh, okay. So this is a bit different to my normal clinic. Hello, and welcome to the Mothers in Medicine podcast, the place where we'll be having honest and open conversations with leaders in the medical field who are also mothers. I'm Dr. Scholler. I'm a neurology registrar, a wife, and a mother. I love my job and I love my family, but life as a mother and a doctor can be hectic. Over the coming weeks, I'll be asking my guests about their real life experiences and they'll share their practical tips and advice for managing the juggle. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Tosin Ajayi Sotuba, an NHS and private GP in London. She's also the creator of Mind Body Doctor, a friendly and accessible platform to educate and inspire as many people as possible to look after their health. You may also know her from the Channel 4 programme, Embarrassing Bodies. Hi Tussin, welcome to Mothers in Medicine. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Um, so I am a doctor, obviously. I'm a GP. I work as both a... uh, NHS and private GP currently and I've done that for the past five years and since I started working as a GP I set up a platform called Mind Body Doctor and that really came out of a bit of a place of frustration Um, I love doing what I do I love being a GP but I just found that I really wasn't able to give my patients the tools and the basics when it comes to the health, the information I wanted to really give my patients when it came to their health as an entirety. So I thought, okay, let me take this out of the four walls of my consultation room. Let me go online. Let me start a blog. Let me start sharing bits of information on Instagram. And so I created a platform called Mind Body Doctor. And from there, that's just afforded me some really well in my mind incredible opportunities I've been able to do some tv and media work I've been able to write for some magazines and publications collaborate with different companies and brands to really just continue doing what I'm passionate about which is really health education and educating as many people as possible when it comes to their health. Cool. I mean, it sounds really interesting. I was obviously quite interested to see you um, on Instagram with Mind Body Doctor and um, recent, more recently on the Channel 4 programme, Embarrassing Bodies. So how did you get involved with that? Yeah, so um, I guess everything kind of stemmed from when I set up platform mind body doctor and I just started sharing bits of information online and on my social media and that started gaining a bit of traction and simply I was I was just approached to to audition for embarrassing bodies and I like to say that you know it's it's not something that I had in my plan but then it kind of was (laughs) 
I just didn't see it at the time. I remember um, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, this has come out of nowhere. I was really excited, but I kept thinking to myself, this has come out of nowhere. And then I looked back at a vision board that I had done at the beginning of that year. I always do vision boards at the beginning of each year. Um, And I put Channel 4 on there. And I had no recollection of putting Channel 4 down on my vision board. So obviously, subconsciously, um, it was something that I wanted. So how have you found like the whole experience? It was great. I mean, it's been great and it still is great. Filming um, is very different to day-to-day clinical life as a doctor, as you can imagine. I kind of just went in. I'm someone that tries anything and everything, really. So I didn't really go into it with any hesitation or any plans. I kind of just went in full force, which was great because I didn't have any expectations. But also, once I was in there with all the lights and the cameras, I was like, oh, OK. So this is a bit different to my normal clinic. Um, but it also wasn't in a sense because, you know, it's real patients, real problems. And people think that it's slightly manufactured, but it's actually really not they try not to re-record any of the consultations that we do because at the end of the day, at the end of the day these are real patients and they want to they want it to reflect a real consultation so it was a great experience and for me just again being able to reach a wider audience was just invaluable to me and that's really what pushed me to to go onto the show were there any kind of standout moments there must have been um so I want to say you have to, everyone should watch the show, but everyone should watch the show. But I think a new part of the show that they brought in to this series was something called The Booth, which is where they took this, what looked like a telephone booth, all the way around the UK. And then the three of us doctors were sitting in the studio in London and people were able to dial in to us and ask us any questions that they had. So they were able to just walk off the street into this booth and ask us any questions or any health problems that might be bothering them. And we had all sorts of questions, <laughs> questions that I wasn't prepared for. And it was great to see that people just didn't feel embarrassed or shy or they weren't holding back from the types of questions that they were asking and lots of people were just really excited to be able to sit in front of doctors and really ask questions and you could also have a shield in front of you so an anonymous shield which um, also made it helpful for people who might have been a bit more um, shy to ask questions as well so we had everything from we had a lot of sex questions, a lot of sex questions, a lot of drug questions. Um, yeah, just anything and everything. So it just shocked me how people weren't um, weren't really shy, which I guess didn't shock me because that's what we want. We want people to come to their doctors with with any problems that they have. But I guess people just walking off the street and asking those questions I didn't expect, but it was great. So another thing that I want to say congratulations for is your pregnancy. And I understand that you're 33 weeks along. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, exciting times. How's it all been for you so far? Um, It's been good overall, but definitely has come with its ups and downs, um, juggling work with the different trimesters and first trimester was particularly difficult for me I found and then it got a little bit well I I expected it to get a little bit easier in the second trimester but actually I think it didn't get as easier as I thought it would 
so it's been there's been a lot of ups and downs but overall currently right now everything's going well I'm just eager for the next few weeks to fly by can you expand on the ups and downs I found it really difficult to juggle work in the first trimester I had to cut back back on work just because I was so sick and it wasn't really the vomiting it was the nausea um to the point where I just I, I couldn't stomach anything so I lost quite a drastic amount of weight um and that just meant that I had to cut back from work and I had to put myself first and my health first and my needs first in that first trimester and then as we come into my second tri- trimester which um also came with some more I wouldn't say, well, possible complications, I would guess, but some more difficulties. So before I got pregnant, I I knew I had fibroids. So fibroids are small growths that can grow in and around your womb, non-cancerous. Sometimes they don't cause any problems. Sometimes they can cause heavy bleeding and other symptoms. Got into pregnancy and in my first trimester, the fibroids grew from, one particular fibroid grew from two centimetres to 12 centimetres within a good few weeks. And what can happen when it grows really fast is that it's at risk of what's called degeneration. So of the blood supply being cut off. And that's incredibly, incredibly painful. And I remember I was having a conversation with um, the Ozengaini consultant early on in my first trimester. And she said, you know, just to warn you, this can happen. It's quite rare, but it's a possibility of happening. I was just like, sure, if it happens, I'll deal with it. But to be honest, nothing had prepared me for that type of pain. It was was incredibly um, difficult. Fortunately, it didn't last too long. It was only a couple of weeks. But it was a really, really difficult time um, managing that type of pain. And just, again, just some things that even as doctors we take for granted. Because, you know, I knew I had fibroids, but they never caused me any problems. And the thought that it could possibly cause problems in my pregnancy was a was a reality to me. But I also just didn't really grasp how much of a reality that was until I was going through it. So that was a difficult time, obviously. Luckily or unluckily, that happened over Christmas. So I didn't have to take too much time off work, but um, it did eat into my Christmas relaxation time. So I didn't have much of a Christmas last year, but um, luckily I'm glad that it all settled after a few weeks. Yeah, that must be, have been quite stressful, because especially if you're dealing with pain and you're thinking, I'm pregnant, and you know what's the pregnancy? What's the fibroid? Do you know what I mean? That's the difficulty, difficulty, I think, especially as a doctor, you have all this information. So you're sitting there, you know, sometimes self-diagnosing yourself. Okay, so mm-hmm. this could be this, but it could also be this. Should I sit on it? Should I go and get help? And I always have to take my doctor hat off and put my patient hat on and think, okay, what would I tell my patient to do? And many times I've had to do that many times my husband has had to remind me to do that and he's like okay well what would you tell your patient to do I'm like yeah I would tell my patient to go into hospital (laughs) so there have been many times like that um during pregnancy so I know that you do a lot of work in health education and in particular you've got a special interest in women's health um and I've heard you talking doing talks on sort of fertility and things like that um, so obviously you're quite knowledgeable in the area, but what, what do you think's been the most 
difficult part for you or what has surprised you the most in terms of getting pregnant or being pregnant what surprised you yes yeah, it's, it's a really good question because I think people assume that as a doctor you're going to know everything about pregnancy and you're going to know everything that comes up in pregnancy or the fertility journey and yes you do know the science you know the biology the knowledge behind it but I think it's very different going through it yourself and putting yourself in those shoes and actually someone asked me on my Instagram the other day asked me has being pregnant allowed you to view your patients in a different way and I said 100% absolutely um not that I didn't give my patients empathy and understanding before I absolutely did but there's a lot more now there's a lot more of an under <laughs> there's a lot more of an understanding and um, I think that's with anything you go through if you're able to you know put yourself in someone else's shoes there's a better understanding and a lot of people say there is no right time but I think there possibly may be a right time for you your family and your partner but that's also difficult to predict with you know looking at what we call a fertility journey or fertility puzzle we assume or I guess the media is has led us to assume that it's very easy for people to get pregnant and that's often not the case it's not it's often not the case it definitely wasn't the case with us it took us a bit longer than we had thought initially yeah it's definitely it's been a journey but it's definitely I think it's been a good one for me as a doctor because it's allowed me to understand my patients a lot more so obviously you do so much between your you know your GP work and um, your work in media and things have you thought much about how you're going to try and sort of balance those things or I have and it's a really difficult one I wish I could say I have figured out the answer but I haven't I'm hoping the answer will come along the way or I'll find some kind of blend to make it all work um it it was a difficult one especially when I was thinking well when we were thinking about starting a family we I was at the time filming embarrassing bodies so we finished that season um and that we were still trying around that time and in the back of my mind obviously I wanted to get pregnant more than anything in the world at that time but there was also a bit of me in the back of my mind that was like well if we get a season two and I have to start filming, do I want the film to start now or do I want the film to start later? Because those are things that aren't in my control. So if they say, you know, it's the TV world, production world is a very fast pace. They can decide on something one day and you're in filming the next week. So that was something that was constantly at the back of my mind. Although I wanted this blessing, I was also struggling with how would I manoeuvre all these other factors in terms of my career. Um, so really difficult. And then in terms of my clinical work as a GP, I locum, which which is great because it gives me the flexibility. So that might sound great, but also you have to think about other aspects. So financially, how's that going to impact you? So it means that you're not going to get uh, maternity leave because you don't work under a a body, you're not employed or self-employed. So you have to think about that. 
Um, do you have savings for your maternity leave? Are you going to need to go back to work earlier to support yourself and your family? So these are all things that I've always had in the back of my mind because I always knew that I was most likely going to be self-employed um, when I was considering, you know, starting the family. So it's always been in the back of my mind, but it is something that we are constantly thinking about in terms of finances, in terms of my maternity, because um, because it's a juggle. So it's when, when do I go back to work, not only for my own passion, my career, but also for our finances as well. Yeah, it's an important one, isn't it? These things that you kind of have to try and negotiate, but then a lot of things are out of your control. <laughs> um, yeah, so it can be a challenge, but I'm sure you've had lots of helpful advice and tips. I know your sister, she's got her own company, her own business called My Bump Pay, and I follow her on Instagram as well. You two are very talented um, pair. Your parents must be very proud of you. Um, but I'm sure she's given you lots of advice because she's really into that sort of area as well, isn't she? Sort of getting back to work. And... She is. So her, her platform is all about trying to really encourage women to be able to she calls it a blend not the balance because she says there's no such thing as, as a balance a perfect balance but trying to blend you know raising the family and you know smashing the glass ceiling when it comes to your career and what you want to do and work and especially with women going back to work after maternity leave so I, yeah, I'm always on the phone to her from everything about really small, silly questions about baby stuff to larger questions about, you know, maternity leave and um, things around that. So, yeah, she, she's absolutely great. Very lucky to have her. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously time is um, coming along quite quickly. You're 33 weeks. So do you feel all ready and prepared? Yes and no. Um, I'm a I'm a planner, so... I have spreadsheets, I have <laughs> things, you know, labelled in certain positions. So in that respect, yes. Um, but I would say, you know, you can never really be fully prepared for the possible unknown. Funnily enough, whenever whenever I go for my um, antenatal appointments, they always say, oh, doctors are the most anxious. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? That's interesting. And I think it's just that idea of control. Um, I think a lot of doctors not necessarily like being in control, but that's what we've had to do during our careers, especially in times of uncertainty. You just have to make those quick decisions. You have to make decisions. You have to understand protocols. And I think that's just what we're used to. And also, you know everything that can go right, but you also know everything that can possibly go wrong. And that's not a nice place to be in. It's not sometimes, you know, it's great to have less knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, no, I completely feel you. So we always ask for top tips. So, you, you know, whatever top tips that you have, whether it's going through pregnancy or fertility journey or um, in terms of the future, what top tips would you give? So... Number one, I would say, give yourself a good foundation in terms of knowledge. Um, if pregnancy and starting a family is something that you're considering, I would say a lot of people are sometimes scared to speak to their GPs. But I love it when people book a consultation in with me just to ask questions and just to understand what's going on, especially if you're someone who has underlying health conditions 
just book a consultation with your GP, have a conversation, say, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what me and my partner might be thinking about. Is there anything that I need to know? Because surprisingly, I think that helps a lot of women on the journey. Just having that knowledge is really empowering. Number two, I would say, try not to compare your journey to others in terms of fertility, pregnancy, postpartum. It can all look really different. And although it's great that people can share their journeys and you can have discussions about your journeys, and I really encourage it, but try not to compare your journey to to others because everyone is individual. Some people have a much easier journey than others and some people have a little bit more of a difficult journey. And lastly, I would say as much as you can, because, you know, it can be difficult, but try and enjoy the the process at every stage. Obviously, it comes with its difficulties and I've definitely seen that firsthand, but I'm always having to remind myself, you know, this is a blessing. It's an incredible blessing that I get to be a part of. Easier said than done sometimes. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you've enjoyed today's episode and the rest of the Mothers in Medicine podcast series, can I ask that you take a moment and share the episode with other friends and colleagues who might benefit? Thanks for listening. 